praise the Lord. You may be seated. How's everybody doing this second week of school? Whew, man, we lost a lot in the first week already. How are you doing the second week of school? Uh, well, we begin today at right after lunch here with our season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And for the newbies that are in the house and those that are watching the broadcast, I think my notes on fasting are still up online. If they're not, uh, uh, Dave Wiley, please make sure that's handled. Uh, get with Brother Wallace. So today, it's not the direction I thought I was going in, uh, but... Yesterday during the day, things kind of took a different turn. I thought we were going to jump into a different place and mark, but we're going to go back to where we were last week. And we're going to look at it in the context of fasting. And he continued questioning them after he had just spoke to them. Who do people say I am? And then he came back and said, but who do you say that I am? And of course, we know Peter said, thou art the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Chosen One. Father, I thank you for your word. God, help us today. Humble us today. Break us today. God, that we might be distributed to a lost and dying world. And we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I say, basically every year, this scripture is just so important. It's really the turning point. I believe it's really the thesis uh, of, of the gospel of Mark. It's from here that he moves forward and starts towards the crucifixion. But it's so important for you to know who he is. Again, you always hear me say it, if you don't believe he's Jehovah Jireh, it'll be hard for you to preach that. Amen? If you don't believe he's Jehovah Rapha, the God that's able to heal you, you'll never preach it. So it's so important for you to know exactly who he is. I'm asked uh, a lot of times about fasting and various things wherever I go just because uh, I think most of you know as soon as I went into Bible college, I was probably not there but a handful of months, and God began to just turn me on to fasting. And the whole thing was I knew was just the crippling of myself coming out of the former lifestyle of being a rock musician and all that went with that lifestyle, uh, it was pretty obvious why God would call me into a season of fasting. Amen? So I just want to begin by saying this, that when I look at SUM today, and people will say, well, how did this happen? How did it begin? How did it, well, how was it sustained? How did it, you know, how is it expanding around the world? How did all that come about? If I were to put in, you know, one whatever, if I would sit there and say, what is the, the one thing that turned and spun this school and kept it moving, I would say it's through the seasons of fasting in my life. It's almost the school was birthed in a season of fasting. 
And I can tell you it's been sustained through times of hurt and struggle when I thought I didn't know what I was going to do next. It was amazing how I could go to the mountains or go wherever and get alone with God for just a time of just the, whether it was a 40-day fast or a 21-day fast or a week fast. I just got into the thing of seasons of fasting. And each time, God would speak in incredible ways. Right after Katrina and then, you know, uh, all the things that we went through with Katrina and then stepping back into the president's position and all the, in, 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 in the board of directors coming saying, I don't think it's going to hold together. And there was a great part inside of me that was going, you know what, I don't know that we're going to make it through this e- either. And you go to the mountains and, you, and I still have this place where I, I, uh, I'm leaving here today to go to that same place. I'll kneel in those same place that I, I knelt then. But I, I, I go there, I'm going up there with broken heart, broken soul, don't know where I'm going, don't know what's going to happen next, don't know how the school's going to be sustained. I get down there and all of a sudden I'm kneeling and God just says, hey, the way you're doing online education, I won't bless. God, I, I, I'm not here to talk about online education. This thing's going under. Well, you you want to talk about online education? I got like what five students enrolled in it. I don't. We've never even graduated a student from online education. Why are you 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 want to talk about? I'm talking about the school guy. God said, "Yeah, I'm just." And turns and says, "If you'll do it, what I'm about ready to tell you, I'll flip the school around, and it will continue to grow, and it will spread across the world." And in 15 minutes. On that fast, God downloaded everything that you here are part of, what's happening all over the world, whether it's in Chennai or we welcome the folks in the Philippines this year, or whether it's in Visalia, we welcome them also. You know, it, it doesn't matter what, all the courts, every place that we're right at, all came because of a few moments of fasting and prayer. I don't know, I can't explain it. All I know is it works. Come on, somebody. God makes it clear that fasting is an instrument of spiritual power. It's a key to break the bonds of evil. Uh, we receive God's counsel. Uh, you know, he comes in the midst of our affairs. Jesus taught it. The idea of fasting means to humble yourself. Come on. That's when you look in the Hebrew, the Greek, it means to humble yourself, to afflict your soul for a reason, to seek after God. It's not just to deny yourself for no reason at all. It's to draw close to God. That's why we're fasting. That's why I encourage you to fast. This is a a season of 21 days where we're going to enter in and just press towards God. Jesus taught it by word and by example. Uh, Matthew 4, Matthew, Matthew 4, 2 says this, After 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Matthew 6, 16, whenever you fast, he didn't say, hey, you know, possibly, but he said, when you do it means you still should be doing it. Mark 9, 29, he said, this probably come up, but what? By prayer and fasting. I like the Greek uh, expository uh, on this, and it says this. The authorization, because you hear this so many times, well, fasting should be omitted from that. I don't buy into that. The authorization for omitting uh, the fasting, he says here, it's overwhelming. Come on, it's overwhelming that at least it's inferred in the context, so it should be there. Jesus, people say, well, why? You know, look at uh, Mark 2.20. He said this, but the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast in that day. Well, if you look over in John 14, 
uh, 8 and 9, Philip's car, he said, Philip said to him, hey, why don't you show us the Father? And he said, well, how many times I got it? What are you talking about showing the Father? If you see me, you've seen the Father. In other words, what Jesus was saying when the guys were questioning, why, why, are, why aren't you guys fasting now? Is because the full revelation is right before that. But he said, one day I'm going to be gone, and that revelation at that level is going to be gone. Then they're going to fast to seek after me, to know me. The disciples, Acts 13, 2 to 3, says this, While they were ministering to the Lord with fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. So fasting was a continuation. Well, after the resurrection, it stopped. It's just not true. Much of the early church, when you do uh, uh, check into the early church, you find out that most times I think they fasted on Wednesdays and on Fridays. There's two types of fasting. There's a general discipline, which each, you know, you guys can do, I do, as ever God leads. And then there are those special seasons where the church calls for a fast. That's what we're doing here. We're calling for a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting for you to push in. But here's the deal. You should, it should never be thought as a way of like gaining favor or merit with God. Well, wait a minute now. It, it'd, be the, it'd be the same thing as you saying, God, I expect something today because, man, I prayed four hours today. Or, God, I should expect something more from you today because I spent all day Saturday, not just Sunday, but all day Saturday, you know, studying your word. You get me? You don't go in it thinking, well, I'm, like I'm manipulating God to get something from you. Stay away from the idea of like, well, I fasted X amount of days. And don't let anybody go, well, real men only drink water. Stay away from that junk. It'll strip you of the power of the fast. It's between you and God. It's a spiritual discipline just like communion, tithing, worship, studying the word prayer. All I know is that when we pray and you couple it with fasting, something's unleashed in a level of power that I, I just can't explain. It's time. And the whole idea of the time is that, you know, God's excited. You're excited because you're spending extra time with him. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, I say this all the time, that if you're, you know, well, I'm going to fast this time, and now you're going to jam all this stuff up in your schedule so you don't think about fasting. That defeats the purpose of the fast. The idea is you're going to spend more time with God, not more stuff. i got to just add a bunch of junk in my schedule so I don't think about fasting. Don't shout me down. Go into your secret place. Get alone with God. Draw an eye to him, he'll draw an eye to you. You know, if you just go from the natural, physicians will tell you how important it is for people to go through seasons of fast just to cleanse their bodies. The same thing happens when you and I fast, except in a spiritual sense also. You know, it's the idea that we get cleansed through the word. And it's, again, it's as God leads. I don't care if God tells you to do water, juices, fruits. I don't care if it's one day a week or a meal a week or whatever it is. Set a time, you know, that's just whatever God leads you to do, that's what you do. If the most you've ever done is a one-day fast, well, stretch yourself and do two. And if you fall off the wagon, come on now. I was going to go five days, I only made it three. Okay, well, I'm out. Well, guess what? That's why this is a season of fasting. It's 21 days. Get back up on the mule and keep going. Come on, somebody. All right. Set a time. 
you know, you're getting all this extra time. You're not eating breakfast. You're not eating lunch. You're not eating dinner. That should be time, the extra time that you're setting aside to be with God. Man, when I went through seasons of fasting at Bible college, you know, and our school didn't call for them, I just did it. I would just go straight to the chapel at lunchtime every time and just sit there, read my Bible and pray. Speaking tongues for however long I was in there. So set time, and then also set time to pray with each other. You know, in the midst of the fast, get with other people. Let them know what you're praying about and let them agree in prayer with you. But the thing I want to talk to you about in the next few minutes here is fasting. The idea is to bring release. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Isaiah 58. There's probably no greater teaching on fasting than Isaiah 58. I'm only going to read a few verses, and the rest of it, you can just look at me and say, we're just going to take it for granted that the rest of it's in there. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 58, 6 through 8. Is this not the fast which I choose, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bonds of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked, to cover him, to hide yourself from your own flesh. When your light will break out like the dawn, and recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Come on. The whole idea of fasting is, is bondages, things that are chained, are released. How many in here could use a little release in your life? Come on. How many of you got some situations you're going through that you could use a little release? How many of you got family issues that you could use a little release? We all do. The primary thing about fasting is it breaks those bondages. Something just seems to crack. And that's what this is speaking about. The prophet here doesn't rebuke them because uh, they didn't fast. The idea is that they were fasting, but the motivation of their fast was wrong. So what happens is they invalidated the fast. If you can look through these verses, 3 all the way uh, down to uh, 7, 4, you look at it. One, they, they fasted to gain merit with God, which I said you don't do. Now, verse 5, they did it as a ritual. Verse 3, the lack that, you know, they were fasting, but there was no obedience to what they were fasting about. They were motivated by, I'm fasting to impress others. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, hey, when you guys are fasting, go put some water on your face. Don't be like, well, there's something wrong with you. I'm fasting. Come on. Nobody should be able to figure it out outside of your bad breath. Come on now. And you can do something about it. Knock the neighbor and say, you can do something about that too. Come on, let them know. Come on. He says, the fast that I choose brings liberty and release. He said, food appears for the needy. All of a sudden, you're starting to do, be a, a, your life becomes a light and a service, and you're wanting to reach out. Verse 8 says that from the Spirit begins to just spring forth. You begin to see answers to prayer. The spirit of criticism is broken off of you. Well, come on now. Fruitful living, life of edica uh, edification, all the way up through verse 12. These are all the things that happens 
when you begin to fast. There's a release. There's a liberty that happens. So when we look at this, the whole idea, and when I always went into my seasons of fasting, I went into it with always saying one thing. You get me? That's what you're doing. You're saying, God, change me. So when we talk about the trichotomy of of mankind, we have the body, soul, and spirit. What I believe is when you fast, these three come into alignment in their proper order. So when we talk about the body, and you know, I know, let me just say this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, you can flip over there. I know we get that, the whole soul, spirit thing, but listen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says this, in every good, every... And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray that God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Hebrews 4.12 talks about the two edges who are piercing even the asunder of the soul and the spirit. So I truly believe in the trichotomy, the body, soul, and spirit. Amen? So when we talk about your body, we really are talking about the senses, which are what? Come on. Smell. You guys can read this, right? Sight. Taste. And what's the last one? Hearing. Basically, it's the body. And this is why we look at this as I love the way that uh, Dr. Hafer talks about this. But he talks about that this here is really the world consciousness. Amen? This is how we come in contact with the world. True? So it can be real quickly either God-pleasing or self-serving. You can either allow the appetites or these desires that we are coming in contact with this world all the time to either dictate, indulgence, sensuality, also because it's the body, it can become afflicted or diseased. Then we move into the soul, which is really what? Yeah, this is really the self-consciousness, right? And you're going to get what here? You're going to get your mind, which is what? Your thoughts, you know, your reason. You get me? You're going to get your, don't be laughing at my writing. Your emotions. So you thought I was actually, this, this is really Latin. You guys just can't tell. <laughs> Emotions is what? Your feelings, your attitudes, you know. And then you get caught into what? Your will, which is basically what? Yes and no. And then either you're going to follow, you're not. It's going to dictate everything that's going on. It's all about your choices. 
Of course, this whole thing can be subject to what? You know, unbelief, doubt, you know, all that jumps in the middle of here. Then we get over to the spirit, which is what? Our God consciousness. Amen? This is where we connect. So before Christ, if we look at pre-Christ, it says, well, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. What's that mean? I mean, this was dark. This didn't even know there was a, a, a light and darkness. Come on. You get me? Totally unaware. But once you become born again, guess what happens? All of a sudden, that's a star. Light. All right, knock it off. That's the sun. Light appears. Amen? And I'm talking S-O-N. This light appears in the midst of our, of our spirit. Amen? This is where the word says in John 14, uh, 17, I think. He says, and not only be with you, but we'll be what? Within you. God comes to live within you. Light appears. Woohoo! So before Christ, this was what? Before Christ, soul, it was all about self-rule. After Christ, the spirit, it becomes all about what? Repentance. Humility. Oh, there's that word. Fasting, remember? Equals the same thing as fasting. You're humbling yourself. What happens? What's going on? All of a sudden, now God is taking control. And what's going on is all of a sudden, these things are coming into alignment. As we yield to the Spirit of God, all of a sudden, the soul surrenders. And even though this is what's being bombarded, come on, I'm still moving forward in the grace of God. Amen? You got that? Ephesians 6. And we got five minutes. Father. Ephesians 6. You got it? How come I'm the only one I hear pages turn? That's because some of you are pretending you're on your cell phones reading it. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 6 brings us out. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Do I got to tell you that the devil's up to no good? Do I got to tell you that the devil's up to your downfall? That's all he thinks about. All he wants to think about is how he's going to bring you down. In light of this, he says, put on the full armor of God, right? And then he says, we struggle not against flesh and blood. What? That means we ain't fighting against each other. Come on. But against rulers, against powers, against our spiritual work. You know what? Racism would end in America. We could just get to verse 12, but that's another whole preach. 
but against rulers, against powers, against the world force of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to, to resist, come on, in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, come on. Having girded your loins, with, uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the, you with me? Come on, I know your Bible reads very close to this. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which you shall be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Galatians. Ran out of time, so we're just going to jam these together. Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Whew, you know, that, that verse is so good. Read it to your neighbor. Go ahead. Woo. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For well, these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you let them by the Spirit, then he says you won't follow all these things. So what's going on? There's this battle. There's this war going on. Amen? So even though while I'm getting this going on, at the same time, I have the devil over here. Right? He and his little. That's a bow. That's an arrow. That's, well, that's supposed to be flames on an arrow, but you get it. So here it is. I'm a child of God. I'm living for Jesus. And he goes. And he's shooting these all the time. And these fiery darts are sticking all over the place. We got that war going on at the same time. Then all of a sudden it breaks into this war between the flesh and the spirit that starts wrestling each other. Why do I need to fast? Why do I need to try to bring this in alignment? Because there's this battle that's continually going on. I need, to, I need to change this thing around a little. I need to get myself humble. Humble this joker right here. Where is he? There he is over here. Somebody stole him out of there. There he goes. Humble him. Let the spirit of God, the spirit within you, come on, begin to take control and get this alignment. Then guess what? Oh, one minute left. John 7. What does John 7 say? John 7, 37 through 39 says, guess what? From your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. What? From the throne room of God. Come on, somebody. I got all this fire breaking out all over the place, but coming from here, there is a river that is extinguishing every dart that's trying to land. Come on. Woo! That's the God. That's the alignment God wants. Where the rivers are flowing and extinguishing all of these things. Please don't put that up on Facebook or any other place. Is that what they teach you in school? Yeah. We never figure out what he's saying either. Are you getting it? Do you understand why we're entering into this? It's just to get this all in alignment.
humble myself, God, that the spirit within me can have reign. And the bondages, these arrows, because I don't have the flow of the Holy Ghost going through me, Father, these darts have come in and they've crippled me. I got things in my life I just can't seem to shake loose from. I got attitudes I just can't seem to change. I got fears. I got doubts. I got all this stuff going on. You know, God, I need to fast to get this back in alignment. So all these little things that are trying to creep in to disqualify me from ministry and from being the child of God you call me to be, that this river up here would flow and would extinguish all of them. Father, we just thank you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. How many today would you just say that, Chancellor, I got some things going on inside me that that I need the river of God to put out some fires. Just some things I just can't seem to get on the other side of. If that's you, slip your hand up. Come on. Praise the 